162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. Today on the ZabeCast, I have an idea to fix the Home Run Derby. It ain't complicated, so it probably stands no chance. David Faherty to the live. Deshaun Watson is warming up the lawyers. And Darren Ravel joins me to talk about the death of paper sporting tickets and his deep collection of them. Your 30-minute uncensored bonus edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, July 19, 2022. Thank you for downloading tonight's Home Run Derby. Tonight being Monday. Monday night's Home Run Derby was too late for this edition. Of the Zabecast. I was traveling on Monday, due to fly out to Wisconsin in late afternoon from National, and the flight just got canceled. Yeah, no, we're not going to be doing that. We'll rebook you tomorrow. Does that work for you? No, it does not work for me. So, uh, I had to fly late, late on Monday night. Let's hope, as you listen to this, uh, I am safely in Wisconsin for a big week, and I'm looking forward to it. So, Home Run Derby, Monday night. I like the fact we're still doing the Home Run Derby. I do. I want all of our little exhibitions to keep going in perpetuity. When they canceled the dunk contest, I was like, oh. Well, every dunk that's ever been dunked, we've already done it. We've seen it. That was not true. Guys started getting more and more creative. Tortured at times, of course. Some of the biggest names didn't participate. LeBron. But yeah, Home Run Derby. I love it. We just need to make it a little bit shorter. Right now, the format is way out of whack. Eight guys, bracket format. One versus eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five, based on home runs hit during the season so far. Schwarber versus Pujols, Alonzo versus Acuna Jr., Seeger versus Rodriguez, and Soto versus Ramirez. Now, the problem I have with the uh, home run derby is that it's too long, number one. It lasts upwards of two hours plus. This is a 90-minute exhibition, if not two hours flat. Secondly, I just don't like the fact you can hit a ton of bombs early in one of the early rounds, and it doesn't count for anything once you climb up the ladder. These are human beings, after all. They're not robots. They have a finite number of swings in them. So I would do it the following way instead of what they've got. By the way, currently each contestant gets three minutes in the first and second rounds to hit as many home runs as he can. Contestants in the finals of the third round get two minutes. Each contestant gets a bonus, 30 seconds, at the end of each regulation period. And that time can be increased to 60 seconds if they... Wait, what do you get the bonus for? Everyone gets the bonus? In every round? Well, it's not a bonus then, is it? It should read, each round is three minutes and 30 seconds. 
and you can get a thirty extra 30 seconds with a home run of 440 or longer. Okay. Each contestant gets a 45-second timeout. Uh, any round ending in a tie will be decided by a 60-second swing-off with no timeouts or bonus time. Oh, God. And the winner gets a million dollars of the $2.5 million prize pool. I'm fine with the money. I'd, I'd make it even more if I could. I would rather just get 20 guys and do one three-minute session or do outs. I prefer outs. Five outs, how many home runs can you hit, and you're done. There's your number. It's on the board, and we're going to work our way through 20 guys. And, hell, you could even expand it to all 30 teams. You could have one guy from every team be in it, and that would put some pressure on each team to at least put forward some guy who's not a slappy. I want it simpler. I want it quicker, but I'm glad we have it. David Fatty, along with Henrik Stenson, to the LIV Tour. Wow, the hits keep coming, huh? What a big coup for Greg Norman. Tell him what he's won. Well, he's won a very likable, very funny TV commentator who's 63, no longer has his nightly TV show on the Golf Channel, hasn't been on the Masters in seven years, and has been relegated to the third analyst voice on NBC, behind Azinger, the caddy, uh, Paul, Paul uh, Wood. What do, they, what do they call him? Up, uh, oh, ah, come on. Caddy commentator on NBC. Uh, Bones Mackay is out. John Wood. John Wood. That's who it is. Faraday is good. I like him. But again... So what is this going to do for the Live Tour? It's a feather in their cap. See, told you so. Now, what do they get Cam Smith, people say? What do they get Cam? So what do they do? Nobody knew about or cared about Aussie Joe Dirt until spring of this year when he won the Players' Championship. They knew he was a good player. Nobody cares. That's the thing. Nobody cares. Greg Norman is convincing these guys, convincing his Saudi backers to buy a bunch of so-called good players at set prices for guaranteed deals that are going to turn out to be, well, wait a minute, why, why do we pay this guy all this money? What do we get for this exactly? With, I, with Mickelson, you, you got a guy that can't break 75 right now, and maybe he'll get better. He's also not very happy, no matter what he protested to the other day at the British. The thing about the live is simple to me. It's not just a junk tour. It's a junk concept start to finish you can't just pluck the players you think are the best and say hey come watch these guys everybody it's in constant flux where's ricky fowler now does gary woodland still golf is jason day still a thing whatever happened to jb holmes remember lucas glover did anyone ever give two shits about justin rose or webb simpson Boy, that Francesco Molinari and Keegan Bradley, they really moved the needle, huh? These Saudis are being duped by Norman into buying non-refundable talent of a very dubious quality. Plus, half their events are going to be on the, on the other side of the world, where you could broadcast the, the tournament on every cable channel under the sun. People still won't watch. They'll go to Netflix. That said, it's great as a money grab for the defectors. Faraday at 63, this is a retirement bonus for him. He's earned it, good for him. But nobody's going to hear from him again. 
I think tour players better hope, and maybe they are, that the whole thing will crash and burn in three to four years. They'll have their money safely in the bank. Then they can come crawling back to the tour, get reinstated, and resume their more proper golf career. Or they would really hope the tour would eventually cave and the majors would cave, give them world golf ranking points, and then they can have their cake and eat it too. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's not a bad percentage play, or at least it wasn't, but mm, the RNA this week rose up like a stiff left-to-right wind in the face of that idea. So we shall see. Deshaun Watson is warming up the lawyers. Reports are that if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a year, he is going to sue the National Football League in federal court. Good luck on that. Others have tried. They have all failed. Despite the fact Watson got out the checkbook and settled with 20 of the 24 women who accused him of sexual misconduct, the Texans, his former team, reached a settlement with 30, all 30 of the women, who have made or intended to make claims that would implicate the team in helping him set up these funky massage rooms. So they all got cha-chinged. Even despite all that, Watson's not out of the woods. Now his camp is waiting for a legal arbitrator <clears throat> arbitrator, to hand down her decision regarding the suspension. It's worth noting that under the new collective bargaining agreement, though, no matter what the suspension is, the arbitrator's hands are tied. Commissioner Roger Stoko Goodell can modify the suspension in any direction he sees fit. Well, isn't that convenient? Tom Brady, Zeke Elliott have both appealed suspensions and in federal courts in the past. Didn't really go very far for him. Good luck, Deshaun Watson. With that, we take a break. On the other side, Darren Ravel on the death of paper tickets and why he collects them. You are listening to the Zabecast. Quality words, interesting conversations delivered digitally right to your ears. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. 
Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. All right, Darren Ravel made the mistake of picking up his phone today. <laughs> business of sports betting and memorabilia collector of tickets, sports business reporter for Action Network, and now founder of Drink <laughs> Kickstand. You're now in the beverage business. Man, Augustus Bush, look out. Yeah, you know, I started doing investing on the side, and I invested in body armor with Kobe in 2014. And, you know, I think we 50 extra our money. He did nice. better than me. He did better than me because he had more money to start with. It's, it's a yeah. shame. That he, he had a little it, more into it than you did. I yeah, guess. it's a shame. You know, it's it's a tragedy every day that he's not with us. I, you know, enjoyed my time with it. And, uh, you know, and then I got into athletic brewing, the non-alcoholic beer, uh, which, you know, in 2019, when I said I was investing in people are like, what are you doing? And they're going to, they're, they're absolutely crushing. And then I decided to do my own canned cocktail. So that's where we're at. So kickstand, as I looked at it, looks like a spicy beverage of sorts with things like yep. jalapeno ground yep. in yep. there. It's non-alcoholic. No, that okay. that one is alcoholic. So it's five and a half percent ABV. It's basically there's all these one off Steve that that you know have spice to it. I want to be the spice brand of record. Love spicy drinks. Problem is when you go to a a bartender, you can get a great spicy drink, and then the next time they make it, which could be twenty minutes later, if they use a different jalapeno, it tastes different. Really? So there. Yeah, d- different jalapenos have different spice rate. You know, like it's 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 nature. So like, there people want a spicy cocktail, but there's consistency problems. And if bartenders can't make it, you certainly can't make it at home. So yeah. I, I want to hit something um, where you can nail it every time. So we're we're debuting in Nashville next week. Actually, okay. Uh, do you drink? I do in moderation. Do. Yes, I am not a. I I can name the amount of times that I was. Uh, drunk in my entire life oh really on my on 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 my hand yeah maybe like three or four times and listen the other thing that's crazy is you know i've been doing i've been in the spotlight since 21 right i was at espn at 21 and that has majorly affected how i drink because certainly like when you're out and 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 then with twitter and being hated and you know people want to cancel you I think yeah, I'm a D-list celebrity, but it's changed my life in some way. Oh, I I don't blame you. I I, I clearly can see how that would be the case. And there's been mm-hmm. any number of uh, ESPN personalities and others who have had run-ins where somebody caught them when they were having a good time and they thought they were not noticed. There's too many cameras, and, too many phones. And did Gary Miller's career peeing off the balcony, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk tickets with you. Uh, by the way, summertime is a great time in sports radio to adjudicate and to get deep into the weeds on things of not urgency. And ticket stubs are something that you collect big time. You've probably got – the preeminent collection, would you say, of sporting close, close, tickets? Close, You're but, close, okay. 
All right. So yeah. so here's the here's the question I have for you. Are you as saddened as I am of the digital digitization of the ticket game in sports nowadays? Yeah, it's it's horrible. And I'm actually I'm trying to, Steve, I'm trying to work on it. So like I've been working with the Mets and the Cubs to be like, okay, so Go all over to the digital system. I understand why you like the digital system. I understand that you know what fan is in where, and I get it. But how about giving at least the season ticket holders a full sheet and make it look good as if they're using it? And then, you know, you can charge them whatever you want, you know, for whatever it costs to make. Maybe take a little bit of profit. If there's two or three great games, a no-hitter, something else happened. Like, it will make up in terms of now it's a, a memorabilia class. So do it. But the problem is that now you have Steph Curry at the garden and he breaks the three point record. And then like the Knicks are printing them like no. two months later, which is also not, that's not, it doesn't work that way. They're not <laughs> yeah. valuable right. in the corner of the ticket. It tells when you printed it and you printed it two months later. So yes. And I think as someone who collects tickets, if tickets were out there being made and being used, it would it would be better for the collecting industry too. It's uh, if there's no way to actually prove or that you were at a game better than a ticket stub. At least right. it was 50 years ago, right. maybe right. even 30 years ago. Nowadays, I mean, I don't know how you would actually do that, and that's that's unfortunate because and it's even like it's even like not even something big happened. So like there was a guy, there was a Mets fan who was on Twitter imploring anyone who was at the game that he was at with his son since he was his four-year-old son and it's the first time they've ever been in the game together. He just wanted the ticket. Nothing great happened, but, like, the Mets actually, like, couldn't provide him a ticket. So, <laughs> luckily, there was someone who had a suite. To, you know, there's – there's on some games, there's people – there's 20 or 30 people who have a ticket who provided to him, but he's begging on Twitter for this. Right. That's crazy. Now, the digitization has been an absolute boon for the teams in yes. many ways, not only being able to control who gets the tickets, how they're transferred, uh, tacking on fees here and there, but also knowing exactly, because data is king, what you're doing, where you're going, and everything else. I have no idea how Ticketmaster and these teams scrape from my phone the data of whatever I'm doing at the, at the stadium, <laughs> but I know this, Darren. They're doing it. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, for 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 so long, the teams were complaining, like, yeah, you know, you just never know who's at the game, and we're trying to talk to our season ticket holders, and hell, we're trying to sell sponsorships on this thing, and we can't, we just don't, we have such limited data, and now they kind of know you're there, and if you're not there, who you exactly transferred it to. So we are we are definitely in the business of data being very valuable. And uh, and and tickets is the way they get for you. Right. That said, you have collected a number of very interesting tickets uh, through the years. Number one, what was your first ever ticket you remember keeping as a kid? And what is your most coveted ticket that you currently own? <sighs> so the first ever ticket I remember keeping as a kid was game six of the 86 World Series. Now, the crazy story with it is I didn't go to the game. Uh, someone gave it to me. It was, I was a Mets fan. Uh, it's still my only title, believe it or not, as a fan. Really? Um, and, uh, the whole Bill Buckner through the legs. I kept that ticket though. Like most people, I didn't keep it till the point of when I started collecting tickets, you know, tickets really haven't had a great, 
place to put them, like sh- like a card. There's been shoeboxes, bulletin boards. It's hard to keep a ticket for 20 or 30 years, and that's why there's such value to some of these tickets because, you know, unless it's unless it's so important that everyone's grandmother and grandfather and everyone down the line says, you don't throw this out, he went to this game. Right. And there are a couple. Like the Don Larson – uh, 1956 perfect game in the World Series. That ticket, there's there's a hundred and like 75 of them that have been graded, and that's simply because through the years you would have been chastised if you threw that out, right? And then there are tickets. This is what's so amazing. Then there are tickets where you 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 better have thrown it out, right? So 2003 Game Six of the NLCS, the Steve Bartman game, like okay. Um, if you're a Cubs fan and 99% of fans in Wrigley were that day, you're not going to keep that curse of a ticket in your house. <laughs> Jordan over Elo was in the Richfield Coliseum. There was almost no Bulls fans. <laughs> you're not keeping that ticket. So, like, the pot, the complexities of why there's so much of one ticket and none of another is is part of the fun of collecting. Yeah, that is interesting. And, of course, tickets used to be uh, – they still are the ones that exist – one of the few things of certifiable rarity because yes. they literally were of incredible value. You got into the game with this piece of paper and we're only printing so many. And then we start printing them with, you know, anti fraudulent devices in there and holograms and everything else before it all went digital. Right. And and here's an interesting thing. Like, so right now in the collecting of tickets, a full ticket is more valued than a stub. Hmm. But a full means that you weren't in there, that it was unused. So for me, when I get tickets to a certain event, I sometimes, especially if it's a great event, I want to know that the ticket was in there. I want to know that the person who used my ticket saw the greatness. Right. What about and one of the examples is 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 Secretary at Belmont. Mm. That's the number one, 1973. That was an if there's one event I wish I was at, and it was five years before I was born, it's that. And and when I got that ticket, it was ripped off in the corner, you know, so the, the person was was in there and witnessed that greatness. Yeah. What about tickets that were in that transition period to digital where they were scanned so they weren't ripped, but they were still physical live paper tickets? Right. So that's that's basically the graders have said that's between 2010 and on. Um, So so sometimes PSA, which grades these things, will say uh, if it has a barcode, will say like scanned. Now, they don't know if it's scanned or not, but they do make a designation that it could have possibly been scanned. Interesting. Besides tickets, what else do you collect? Movie props. Okay. I have the shirt that Tom Hanks ran in, the Nike shirt, when he was Forrest. Wow. That's a good um, one. That's a good one. What what, uh, is, what is one of the most uh, coveted, expensive movie props of all time? Anything, uh, anything Star Wars- um, really? you know, it goes hundred star Wars, Indiana Jones. Um, you know, it depends on what I don't like. I just like the ones that, are, that, that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm a fan of that I love, right. but, um, I did bid on 
one of the bats in the natural, the Wonder Boy bats Ooh. in the natural. Um, one of. It is, there was obviously well, multiples. On. Well, but but it was photo matched to a scene in the movie. So they match uh. up. It only could be this bat. I thought it was going to go for like fifty grand. It went for a hundred seventy-five thousand bucks. <laughs> um, so sometimes you got to be you got to be good. At holding. And then um, yeah, no, I I, I collect uh, I collect Warren Buffett stuff. I like Buffett, so I have some I have some businessman type stuff. I okay. have Bill Gates Bill Gates' first business card. I have uh, uh, signed. Uh, Jeff Bezos, Time Magazine, and he's impossible because now he's just going to go from a private jet to a private island, and you know, yeah. good luck getting him. Yeah, I um, would, I would love to have Darren Indiana Jones's whip, Luke Skywalker's yeah. lightsaber. Oh, well, yeah, the and, lightsaber and, is going and, and I would love to have Wilson from Castaway. So Wilson! there has been multiple Wilsons. Okay, there have been, and they sell for about a quarter million. <laughs> How many Wilsons were used in the movie? I think three or four. I I do have, I do own uh, Tom Hanks's FedEx IDs from that movie. Oh, that's pretty good right there. Chuck Noland. <laughs> that's not- Charles Noland, it says on it. And there, there's two various pictures, yeah. Wow. Yeah, two All pictures, right. yeah. Uh, you, were, you also report on things like crypto and Bitcoin. And bored apes. And I applaud you for doing this because I think a lot of mainstream reporters don't even touch it. It's so crazy out there. And I saw recently where you reported how a bored ape, uh, part of a, what, what do they call that? A, a cyberpunk, uh, artwork? It's a, it's a, it, it's a, it, there's crypto punks and there's bored apes. Okay. Those are the two yeah. so called legacy NFTs, the ones that are thought of in the highest regard. Okay, right. So yeah. a bored ape, uh, which is a little drawing of a silly ape in a silly pose doing something silly, was at one point in the past year selling for as much as several hundred thousand dollars. And you reported on a particular board ape that had plummeted in price down to like 25 grand and 50, 50, yeah, 50, 50 grand, something yeah. like that. And then I saw some of the crypto, uh, you know, jihadists say, you're wrong. This was actually used as collateral in yeah, another it trade was used as collateral. Guess what? Guess what? I'm a business reporter. It was used as collateral. And what was the price that was determined as the collateral that so in 45 days or whatever, if someone defaults on it, that's what it is. That's the price. I mean, this is the, this is the problem. It's like, you're, I'm trying, people say, Hey, why don't you report on, on NFT stuff? And then I do. And it's like, yeah, but it's negative. It's, I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's really, it's really crazy. I mean, I got bashed over the years though, Steve, over the last two years, I got bashed saying, I I I really don't see the value in Bitcoin and in crypto in general. I have a hard time, and people always say that's because you didn't. Uh, that's because you don't understand it. Right. And I said, no, 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 no. I I put my money in for forty one days and watched it all. And you can't say that just because I say it's not great, I don't understand it. Well, that's like a default pushback, and there is right. incredible uh, interest in those who are deep in it to keep it propped up and to make people believe yes. no no this is a real thing i mean i had dinner with a guy who was selling me on these board apes and all of this oh i i know those i know those dinners there there have been many <laughs> friends i've lost over those dinners you know <laughs> and i had to say so you're telling me this drawing is worth several hundred thousand dollars of real money how is that possible 
Why is that possible? And a long explanation ensued. And I figure that I'm decent about, enough. About, about, about the halving of money. Like, so, so, so Dr. Epstein, who I had dinner with, who he's talking about how everything is so predictable. It's only going to go up. And that the halving happens here. And I'm like, okay, so you'll know exactly when to sell it. Every, I'm like, where in Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations did it say <laughs> that you could ever have any economic principle that could only go up if right. you rig it in the right way? Hmm. Yeah, it's the craziest thing ever. And uh, and Bitcoin right now has taken a beating. And obviously, those who are in Bitcoin still want to defend it. I've got a friend uh, who I make sure to jab on a repeated basis because he was jabbing me about not owning Bitcoin. These guys are suffering now. Well, I know they're suffering now. And maybe it'll be on the rebound. But do you feel differently about Bitcoin than you do about, say, crypto punk or cyber? Uh, Yeah. In general, I am not a buyer of false scarcity. I collect... I collect ticket stubs because they have real scarcity. Right. I, I like real scarcity more than false scarcity. You know, the, the funniest one, the funniest NFT, this is the greatest NFT. The greatest NFT were these uh, cyber, cyber Kongs, these gorillas, okay? So you buy the gorilla, okay? And then each day you own the gorilla, you get 10 bananas, OK, and I'm trying to explain this without laughing to people. I'm like, listen, you get Cyber Kong each day. You don't have to sell the gorilla. You get 10 bananas. You could sell the bananas. There's a banana market. So there's a there's there's actually a dividend on the bananas. So someone obviously rigged that system. But like my wife is watching me explain this to someone without laughing. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is like the ultimate NFT, the Cyberkongs. You get 10 bananas a day. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Well, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, I understand that some things with real scarcity like gold, that, too, is not doing that well right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I pick. I pick and choose. I pick and choose. I wouldn't say all things with real scarcity over all things with false scarcity. But, right. you know, I mean, the, the baseball cards right now, especially the modern basketball cards, I mean, when there were 22,000 Luka Doncic's graded a 10, uh, yeah. you, you just Good had luck no chance. Any money for those. Yeah. And all these kids are, have these display cases of all the Doncic's together. I'm like, buddy, if you want to sell them, actually showing that you have 100 is not a good look. Like, that's not helping you sell them. I walk by the case, I go, one guy's got a hundred? I'm going to buy one and be in no man's land? Right. Keep, keep at least 90 of those uh, in a box somewhere. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. exactly. All right. Yes. So I'll end on this today. And I think the one thing that probably has real scarcity still is NFL product. Man, has the league really pushed their envelope the last two years with now the expanded season, expanding these games overseas, and the television shakeup that we've seen, Darren, in the last year with people, you know, personalities and broadcasters just hitting the jackpot. It's breathtaking to me. I don't know what you think of it. Yeah, the, the, the Tom Brady, when he's done, guarantee, or wacko. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, do, I don't I don't I really don't know, you know, how much of the product is going to be based on, uh, you know, with the Troy Aikman move and the, the actual broadcasters, if people really care. But it seems like the 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 broadcast, the guys that are putting on these broadcasts or streaming or whatever 
are are banking on that 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 it does matter. There's no way. Um, there's no way it matters. As a regular fan, there's no way it matters. It just doesn't. I, I'm convinced of it, Darren. I believe these networks have pretty much colluded to agree to overpay for all these guys. <laughs> in, in, in part, Darren, because the cost of owning the games themselves is so expensive. They're paying. They're paying fifteen. They're paying. They're paying like fifteen million a game. I mean, it's 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 outrageous. Obviously, like on the Monday night Sunday night football, we're talking about a hundred million a game. I mean, it's it the whole the whole thing. I, I agree, it's nuts. Yeah. I, I am all, I I am interested to see how much goes to streaming because as someone who who does about eighty percent of my bets live, I have not given up cable because I have the Lightning Verizon FiOS fiber, right? And I would and 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 there's no. Ch- I mean, it's actually. It would be really fiduciarily res- irresponsible to go to streaming. I'd get my butt kicked. So I'm interested to see the the push pull there, right? Yeah. With like the like the streaming and then the betting and how they figure out that latency issue. Yeah, they got to figure that out. Do you have a Super Bowl pick yet? Oh, way too early. Okay, just wondering. Way too early. I mean, you know, if you, if you got Jets. a. If you got a, but if you got a feeling, Darren, and now and now is the juicy time to get the number, right? If you have yeah, a real yeah. strong vibe on a team. I am not a early futures guy. I'm like a middle of the season futures guy. I'm okay not getting the best number. Uh, I think I'm way you know, I, I just the NFL's tough, man. Oh, yeah. Um so I don't I, I I don't I don't know where I'm at. I, I, I really but I know my Jets won't do it again, so yeah. obviously. Would, would you bet on the uh, Deshaun Watson length of suspension, or is that something you stay away um, from? That's a, that, that's a – I mean, you can only get that offshore. You can't right. get that with any legal book. But I I think it's got to be north of eight, don't you? I Every day I think I got it figured out, something changes my mind. You know, yeah. I, read, I read about what's going on and the procedure and the appeal and the arbitrator, and I think, well, wait a minute, this may not work out the way I thought, so we shall see. All right, Darren, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it as always, and uh, follow Darren on Twitter at Darren Ravel, R-O-V-E-L-L, and uh, follow him on Action Network. Thank you, Darren. Thanks, Steve. Let's end with some odds and ends. Colleague Armin Sarian, always good for a good Twitter question, put out there, what is the most boring bar or basement game, in your opinion? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a doldrums of summer kind of topic. I'm all about it. My list goes as follows in terms of fun and interesting and viscerally satisfying all the way down to the worst. Billiards 1, Bubble Hockey 2, Ping Pong 3, Darts 4, Papa Shot 5, Foosball 6, Pinball 7, Shuffleboard, that game, the long game that has the little uh, uh, sand on it, you know, Shuffleboard. And then pick another 30 spots down of whatever and put Air Hockey. Air Hockey at the bottom. Air Hockey is the worst. There's no discernible strategy. There is no acquired skill set to get good at it. It is just random, spastic flailing. And it dislocates your elbow. It sucks. Now, you might say, what about skee-ball? No, that's an arcade game. 
in my definition. You might say, what about cornhole? I say, no, that's a tailgate or picnic game. You might say, what about beer pong? That's a drinking game. Some would say, how about Jenga? I say, that's a couple's game. Because ain't no men are... I've never seen men alone play Jenga. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong about that or I'm some, you know, closeted homophobic. I don't know. It just seems like that's a couple's game. And don't say trivia. Trivia is trivia. And don't say video games. Video games are video games. So there's that. Also, (laughs) several people emailed me saying, never stop trying to do math on the podcast in real time. It's absolute gold. I fucked it up yesterday on the cost of the Nationals and their future contracts. I made a bigger fuck up in not remembering Bryce Harper was not on that World Series championship team. He had left the year before. And that is huge oversight on my uh, part. And he, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was on the year before, so he was not on the World Series team. The bottles are coming down at Heinz Field now known as Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Boo! Boo! Era, we have major corporations sponsoring these stadiums. You know, it was nice. I mean, corporate stadiums are just a reality. There's only three in the NFL currently without corporate names. Can you name them? I'm going to give you a second. Think about it. Three of them. Okay. Soldier Field. Lambeau Field, and Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Arrowhead used to be in that group. Now they're Giha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. The Superdome just used to be the Superdome, and then Mercedes-Benz said, oh, we're in. Now they're out, and Caesars is in at the Superdome. But the thing about this new Acrisure Stadium, it sucks as a name. Heinz Field was perfect. Heinz, I think, is based in Pittsburgh. And it's ketchup. That's the thing. If we're going to have to have corporate names on stadiums, they need to be named after something, you know, a thing. Not some bank or an insurance company. And it would be best if we had named a thing that made us happy, that brought us happiness. I mean, ketchup, happy. You want ketchup on that? Yes. Miller made us happy. Minute made OJ made us happy. Sports Authority made me happy. They're all gone. At least we still have Ford, Gillette, Hard Rock, and Levi's. So, yeah. The ketchup bottles have come down at Heinz Field. Where will they go? Who will bid on them? Where do you put a giant 25-foot ketchup bottle? I don't know. Somebody, I bet, is going to buy it. That is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening and being a loyal ZabeCast subscriber and listener. Please tell a friend or two if you can. Just in passing, you don't have to harangue him about it or her about it. Also, rate and review if you get a second. It's a pain in the ass, I know. Pop on over to iTunes. Give me five stars. Say, oh my God, this podcast will change your life. It won't change your life, but you'll enjoy it. It helps with the algorithmic overlords, as I like to say. Have yourself a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime.
162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. 